Welcome to episode 39 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Paul. And today we're going to be discussing Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, Edge of Tomorrow. A film directed by Doug Lyman, who I had to say... Hooray, hooray. Yes, hooray to that guy. (laughs) I don't recognize the name, so not immediately apparent to me. But I'm sure we'll get into (laughs) that. I will enlighten you here. Real quickly, what this film is a little bit about here. Uh, An officer finds himself caught in a time loop in a war with an alien race. His skills increase as he faces the same brutal combat scenarios, and his union with a special forces warrior gets him closer and closer to defeating the enemy. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, roughly, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, these never encapsulate what it's entirely about, or nor well, would you really do. want them to, because they, <laughs> yeah. they are oftentimes spoilers if you say what it's really about. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> you know. True, but uh, there are some things that do give away everything in the plot and then there are some things that you hear and it's like that's not what it's about at all (laughs) that's just a marketing tool to get you your butt in the seat (laughs) all right well speaking of butts and seats the budget for this one is 178 million and as of i believe a couple of days ago it had reached 322 million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars so they're in the clear (laughs) yes they are fine now they made their money back, they can pay everybody, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm sure they'll do the same on DVD, probably. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> on demand, yeah. It's gonna crush it on demand. Ah, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just to refresh your memory and any audience members, Doug Lyman is like my probably my favorite action director right now. Um, okay. Uh, the Bourne Identity, The Bourne Ultimatum, ah, uh, okay. amazing action sequences, uh, The Bourne Supremacy, Fair Game. Going way back, I don't know, like there's the Night Rider TV show, um, Ooh, the Knight new Rider. one, the new one, <laughs> not the good one, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. but you know, good directing, right. yeah, but uh, yeah, most notably the uh, the Bourne films, that's what most people know him for, uh, and Jumper. Let's let's kind of leave that out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jumper wasn't crazy about, but Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I thought was that, a decent that, one. That was a good action film, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's just he knows how to shoot an action sequence and. Hmm. I think that was very apparent here. So Yeah, de- de- <laughs> definitely needed anyway. Yes. <laughs> All right, so back to you, uh, sir. Well, let's see. Let's go into the cast then. The main two people we know. So Tom Cruise playing Major Will Cage. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about Cruise a little bit more in a minute. But just mm-hmm. running through. Emily Blunt. Brian's favorite, as we know. <laughs> Sergeant... Uh, you know if Zoe's unavailable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Rita Vratatsky. Uh, Not going to say the middle name, even though I have it written down. Ooh, that that is... It's a spoiler, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, how long's the movie been out, Paul? I think we can say it. <laughs> All right, yeah. It's Rose. Rose. <laughs> yeah. which, which, jumping off quickly, I thought was going to come back at some point after she gave it away, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just... I think it's just a thing of maybe she's close enough to the guy at this point, even though she shouldn't really be any closer than the previous iterations. But again, we'll get into that. Bill Paxton, the wonderful Bill Paxton, as Master Sergeant Farrell. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, uh, (laughs) a very good one. Actually, I thought harkened back to his character in Weird Science. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. He was so much Chet in this. Yeah. Yeah. He he was just... He he was Chet grown up. He was... Yeah, Chet got forced into the military, which I could really see happening to Chet. Yeah. (laughs) As having no other career alternatives. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I always thought that he was going to go into the armed forces in that film. Yeah, well, yeah. If anyone threatened him out, it'd be uh, the U.S. military. 
much a job at that guy. <laughs> and then, of course, Brendan Gleeson as General Brigham. And, oh, I love him. Yeah. yeah, wonderful guy. I knew him best as Mad-Eye Moody oh, uh, from the Harry Potter film. I think but, I first became aware of him from Gangs of New York. Yeah. That was like mid uh, late 90s or whatever. I'd need to rewatch that then. I don't remember. Yeah, one of the clansmen in the opening of the film and... He's in it for a little while. <laughs> Not to give any spoilers away what no, might yeah. happen to him. Yeah. He's <laughs> he retires. He, he goes on, in it. He goes on holiday and he's never seen yeah. again. Yeah, he's gone to a farm. He's, he's fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the little Susie. He's on a farm and being taken care of very well. Uh, uh, who else I, do you got there? Anybody I didn't else? have anyone else written oh. down. I just briefly want to mention Noah Taylor because I know there are probably a lot of Thrones listeners. Uh, Noah Taylor plays Dr. Carter. He's, like Paul and I were discussing, he's one of those familiar faces. You can't really place him, but he's been in a lot a lot yeah. of things as a little bit, you know, a little uh, side character. But uh, he was, major spoiler for Thrones listeners, if you aren't, through <laughs> season three, he is the guy that cuts off Jamie Lannister's hand. <laughs> and his sword hand. Right, yes. So, yeah. yes not, not the other if you don't know Paul, that's like the best swordsman in the realm, right. pretty much. And yeah, he cut, takes his hand off. So, Which is an interesting premise that the best swordsman in the realm gets his hand cut off i don't know i don't know the situation around it i won't mm-hmm. ask you for it but, it's just, <laughs> no, no, no. Must, but he gets a very nice gilded steel hand in place so you know ah potato, of course you know, yes there's always a silver lining or gold <laughs> or uh, <laughs> gold plated lining whatever all right uh, he, and he was also for those people that are still trying to do it where the hell is he from he was Mr. Bucket in the recent Charlie and Chocolate Factory, and mm. for those really reaching, he was the tech guy from the two Lara Croft films. Yes. <laughs> That'll be, for a few people, like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 that really, really English guy. <laughs> Isn't he? Yeah. It's, well, at least he's doing a very affected English accent in the Lara Croft films, I believe. Well, it depends who you're talking about now, because there was someone who is really English who was the butler. Who mm. is played by an Englishman? Mm-hmm. So I, yes, I don't know Noah Taylor's actual country of origin, but yeah, I don't know I, if he's actually English or not. But. I have no idea. I was going to look into it and did not. So. But then remembered, I don't care. Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so I think that's pretty much our cast. Yeah. Then you got a uh, other people filled out by Cruz's combat team or whatever. But there are a lot of uh, new faces or relatively unknowns. Yeah, and. I, I thought they did really well. Mm-hmm. As, the big uh, guy that gets killed every single time yeah. on the beach. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. Well, every single time except one. <laughs> except one. He but, tries to save him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that leads directly to Tom Cruise's death. But so, when he realizes yeah. it doesn't matter because the end game is to stop this from ever happening. So it doesn't matter yeah. if he dies then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. live in a world eventually where he doesn't die. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I guess we should talk about the main premise of this, which is... Somewhat time Groundhog travel. Day meets source code. That's what yeah. you need to know. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is at some point in the first timeline, it, the major is someone who is just advertising the fight. Yes. And he basically does that so that he doesn't have to fight himself. Yeah, he is a, like, think of like World War Two. there are these guys that sold bonds, and they're really good at selling war bonds. A lot of times those would be someone that did have combat experience and then they'd pull them out and yeah. whatever. But just imagine no combat experience, just really good at selling himself and selling the war. Yeah, a, <laughs> and, a marketing executive, basically. Yeah. And just, you know, 
the stripes on his arm just symbolic, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he. I don't know how he managed to get to that rank with absolutely no battle stuff there. That, that's there, never really. There, there has to be something. There has to be a bit of nepotism there. His father must have been somebody, or grandfather must have been somebody in you know an old war. Yeah. That's the only way you're really getting ranked up without doing your time. Yeah, I don't know. Well, not really relevant. No. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so he, anyway, this of course comes crashing well. in on him. <laughs> yeah, he, he's sent to J unit somewhere. He's been sent with something that, that says that he is a private that will try to impersonate an officer, and he is forced to be part of the first skirmish onto the French soil. Well, could we backtrack us slightly and say how ridiculously idiotic it is to defy a general <laughs> that tells yeah. you you're going into combat? Sure. Where he could have maintained his rank and... Yeah. Um, yeah. And at least... And he's like, no, I'm not fighting. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a pussy. I can't do it. <laughs> and he's uh, like, that wasn't a question. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you don't piss off Brendan Gleeson pretty much. No, pretty much. Just, yeah. just don't do it. No matter what role he's in, don't do it. Especially if he's ranked up, you know, why would he defy a general? I don't know. That was just... I It really... Sh- I guess it was just really wanted to show his cowardice. His probably, level of cowardice. I, like, I, I would... He, he's that <laughs> afraid of combat and death that he will tell a general to go fuck himself. I'm not going in there. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, he does say in the scene that the entire reason he took the job he did was specifically so he would never have to see combat. Yeah. Because he just can't do combat. So, yeah. Ew, blood zicky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Faint inside of blood. <laughs> he should have brought that up. Should, like, give himself a paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want this guy out there? No. <laughs> yeah, just, just imagine Niles from Frasier on the battlefield. That would be but this also, guy. Also, I think horribly irresponsible of the general. I mean, why not just court martial him at that point? Why send someone out there that's going to risk your other men's lives because he doesn't want to be in combat? He's not combat ready. You know, only through this time loophole thing does he become combat ready. Yeah. He has no skills. He doesn't even know how to operate the suit. doesn't know how to take the safety off. Yeah. Why are you going to send that guy out there that's just... I mean, I guess that's quicker and less costly than a court-martial is just to get him killed on the beach. But well, you risk him killing other people, you know, getting other people killed. Although, two things there. Number one, even given the fact that they don't necessarily want him walking around with the safety off, it's a bit irresponsible of everyone else not to tell him how to take the safety yeah. off, especially on the beach. They're like, fuck you, new guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, the, the master sergeant even gives one of the other people the order of your taking care of the guy, even though he doesn't think it's going to be very long. Yeah. So, surely he would show him, like, okay, when someone is coming at you, turn the safety off. When they're not coming at you, turn it back on again. <laughs> like, <laughs> get that yeah. going. But whatever. And then also, I don't understand this particular part of it, because the idea was he was supposed to go on that beach... They didn't know that the army was coming, so there wasn't going to be any real resistance. But he was supposed to sort of report back. Did you see any form of audio or visual recording equipment anywhere on that beach? No, (laughs) I I just assume there's some kind of black box type device on the armor. I don't know. Maybe. You know, that's. I didn't worry about that too much. That didn't really bother me. It, it was just one of those things, if he was supposed to be reporting on this thing, this was supposed to be him going in, everyone seeing, oh look how easy this is, coming back and then doing this thing. Obviously, after the 
Intimidation, he probably wasn't going to be coming back, but still, that was, <laughs> you were supposed to get that original, hey, look how well we did. And I guess they just didn't bother to think that through too much because, obviously, the plot of the film, they get there and these mimics, as they're known, already know they're coming, which isn't supposed to be possible. Which then, after seeing all the death and destruction and all that, you see this big mimic blue all the others are orange see the big blue mimic and he ends up killing it the blood goes on him which disintegrates him which they, they didn't play with at all after mm-hmm. that it was just a weird little thing and then he wakes up back at the backs yeah so like sleeping on the tarmac whatever yeah, yeah. getting kicked awake by the one yeah. sergeant or whatever so obviously to start with you have no idea exactly what happened it's like mm-hmm. hey he died now he's back what's the deal and then as it goes on you come to find out that if you apparently kill the alpha which is the blue one and get its blood on you that's very important or the blood goes into your bloodstream then the day will reset and you will reset as well because if the alpha has killed the omega this nice big plant-ish thingy (laughs) uh, will reset the day and Yes, because Everyone essentially it, the Alpha's powers are imbued onto you, right? Like yeah, <laughs> you, you get given the Alpha stuff. Yeah. Which I also wasn't sure about this because the idea is that they will then know what's going to happen. And the first couple of times it gets reset, it seems as if the Mimics are acting differently to how they did before. And then every other time past that, they act exactly the same as they did before. So I'm not sure mm. what happened there because it, there was... There was one point where you saw a mimic do something uh, the first time, and then after he gets given the powers and the day resets, that mimic does something different the next time. And then after that, everything is exactly the same throughout the entire day, so I'm not sure... Hmm, I would need another viewing. Yeah, it it was something that I didn't even think about it, because I just thought, when I was watching it, it was like... Oh, okay, clearly the day resets and they know about it because you got that line from the people going in. What the hell, these guys aren't even supposed to know we're coming. And then when the day reset, I thought, okay, that's clearly their mechanism, so they must know. This must have happened several times before he ended up killing the Alpha in battle. And then when it happens again, I was like, okay, so they know what's happening. And then after that, they didn't know what was happening. And I started thinking, hang on, <laughs> surely the number of times that they get the car and the caravan and all that and they they keep doing that surely the members would try and get them a different way if they do react differently and then they didn't so (laughs) but again that was just something that hit me when i was watching it and i'd need to rewatch it to make sure yeah Yeah, and obviously you didn't really think about it at the time no didn't care (laughs) yeah not at all Fair enough. I guess you weren't. You were trying not to think of this too much as a time travel film, or was no, no, no. a time yes, repeating. I was film. trying to like it, <laughs> but yeah. So essentially, you know, you have every day starting off, you know, with him on the tarmac uh, for the most part. But I didn't want to draw an obvious parallel back to Groundhog Day, you know, where Bill Murray's character eventually tries to convince. Rita, his love interest, uh, what's happening. Yeah. And of course, comes off insane as you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, eventually gets to a place where you can kind of convince her, but it doesn't really matter because the day resets. Yeah. Um, however, in this film, Tom Cruise has a little easier job of convincing <laughs> because this same thing has happened to the Emily Blunt character. Yeah. Um, the, the reason. She, yeah, she had killed an alpha. The reason she became known as the. The Angel of Verdun. The Angel of Verdun. Yeah. Managing and 
you saw at the beginning of the film as well Tom Cruise's character saying this one person was able to kill over a hundred mimics on her first day of combat and then you find out well that's because she was able to have the day reset yeah, each she, time she knew the exact locations of where they'd be and all that yeah. yeah so it was a nice change I think to mm-hmm. have the character have someone else that's been through it and yeah so he just had a really quick shorthand hey what, what's happened to you is happening to me and <laughs> yeah and you know then really quickly he has to brief her where are we on our training and where, you know where, yeah. how much do you know and yeah although it never seemed to me that he actually says this is where I am in the training it just seems every single time he's back at the same spot and then I guess he's just a little better each time <laughs> I did like a lot of times where you didn't know how long he'd been in the loop like yeah. kind of the same as Groundhog Day but even more well, so like Groundhog Day it's going to reset at like 6am or something every day yeah. this as long as he stays alive I assumed he still yeah. stays in yeah, this... he, he's in a loop until he gets killed again yeah well, he, he has to die and she says at one point he has to die during the day like during I guess a set time period but it's not like they ever really test it mm-hmm. like, he just and he ends up dying at certain points I guess yeah. it's a little unclear but there we go yeah, because obviously all of that, you know, getting into the van and getting into the helicopter and stuff, all that's going to take more than 24 hours. Yeah. Think, the, the beach and, you know, getting off of the beach. And, yeah, I mean, that, there was one point where he, he does get to the area where supposedly the Omega is and mm-hmm. and it that's isn't it. there and he yeah. ends up dying to reset the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, would it reset now? Like, it, mm-hmm. would you go back to then or would you go back to a little yeah. later than then? and. I don't know. I I always thought it would be interesting for him to come back mid sentence. Something like yeah. Every single time, it's a little bit like there's an episode of Stargate SG One where two of the main characters are somehow given the ability to the day will reset, and every time he comes back, the like the head guy Jack O'Neill comes back. He's in the middle of a conversation with someone else who ends up by just saying, "That's how I feel. What do you think?" And halfway through the episode. He says to Teal, who's the other guy that goes back, you know what really bothers me? Every time I come back and have Daniel ask me my opinion on something, and I can't remember at all what he was talking about. (laughs) Every time he comes back, he's at the end of a conversation he just does not remember. I think it would be kind of fun to have Tom Cruise come back one time where he comes back halfway through being walked to the barracks, you know? Oh, Uh oh, crap, where am I in this line? Mm -hmm. Yeah, where, where am I in the dialogue? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and then also it would show you there was a time limit. Like, say he stayed away after the sun went down, and then died a little later, and he came back later. Like, oh no, now I have less time to do all this in. I don't know. I think that would have gotten the main plot too muddled. I, I suppose. I mean, yeah. it is an action film. It's you got not... <laughs> Yeah, you got to keep things tight. And I mean, at nearly two hours, you, you don't have room for more confusion. There's enough confusion going on. And I don't want to think. Why is he at a different point of the day? Why? Yeah, how's he going to reconcile yeah, that? True, I suppose. All right, I'll, I'll give it that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Thanks. All right, so. What did you want to talk about? With I just briefly about? wanted to talk about the editing of this film. Okay. Um, the editor was James Herbert, which I looked into. I don't. It wasn't a name that struck me as familiar, and I looked into it, and I'm his thing. The things he's done, I'm not very familiar with. Right. But I thought this film required superior editing, and I think he nailed it because there yeah. is a lot of repetition, a lot of repeated scenes, <laughs> and they are. I think they are used perfectly. And then you know, as the days keep repeating and keep repeating it's a much more condensed version of that you know getting back onto you know 
it's a lot quicker trip to the action yeah. <laughs> each I, time, you know. At least until he tries to change something. Yeah, each time he tries, he tries to, change to change something, something it slows down. And but it, yeah, it, I just thought it was wonderfully edited. It was good. Although I, I noticed, and it was both, I can see what you did there, but also, like, I kind of wish it was a little different. It was every single time that he was shot by Rita, it was the exact same shot each time. Even if he was in a slightly different position each time, mm-hmm. he still saw... Same angle, same movement, same... I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it it was all right. It's just I think they used it eight times. <laughs> it was a little too much of the same. Like, maybe if they'd just filmed it eight times and had her do it, like, yeah. do the same thing, but she would have done it slightly differently each time. But no, this was the same shot each single time. <laughs> I don't know. I did love that bit though, where he's like, no, it's just a sprain or it's just a broken yeah. thing. <laughs> he's crawling yeah. away from her. The, the, the trailer moment. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. No, no, I'm fine. To put, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good moment. Yeah. And but that's, yeah, just what I wanted to bring up. I uh, really thought the film flowed wonderfully. It did, it did. It was a good way of going about it. I also thought that there was one point where you got to see, for the first time, you got to see them when they got to the house, where they're searching through for Mm -hmm. stuff, and then you kind of think, oh, wow, so this is them getting to it, they're trying to figure out what to do, and then you realize he's been here a lot. A lot, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, because he could just hop into that helicopter and fly. (laughs) My landings are a bit rough, but uh, (laughs) I'm just taking off. (laughs) So so he knows how to get the helicopter started, he knows where the keys are. Yeah, and And he's keeping that from He's keeping that from her, because every single time he takes off, no matter what he does, she will die. Yeah, and he doesn't want her to die. And so it's a... It was a really good idea, I think, that she finally realized, hang on, we've been here before, why aren't we moving forward? And then starts to see why he doesn't want to move forward, which is the point where she gives out her middle name. Mm -hmm. And that is also the time where he goes and finds out that where they think the Alpha is, thanks to these visions, Mm -hmm. is absolutely not where they are. Yeah, it's just been (laughs) tricked by the uh, the Omega to project those visions. I thought that was good. I was wondering as they were going through, like, okay, so they're getting these visions, and she said that she never found the Omega in her time, even though she was getting the visions. So I I was thinking, well, is it really going to be there? Hmm. Would the Omega be on the battlefield? (laughs) (laughs) And then, obviously, this next time it's in a dam or something somewhere, and then it wasn't there. So, I wasn't shocked by the fact that the visions were false, but I was pleased that they weren't. Yeah. (laughs) Because, obviously, most action films, they don't try and put too much of the, like, bait and switch in there is mostly just action 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 leading up to a big finale yeah, you know where the you know where the train's heading the whole time like we're gonna face off with uh, hans gruber we know that's happening <laughs> you know you know there's no real bait and switch there no, no, but yeah. Uh, yeah it was nice and i was also gonna say i think emily blunt did really well in a film where she doesn't get much original dialogue it is yeah. so much repetition and then mm-hmm. some nice singular scenes that then are completely pointless because they didn't happen and then back to the repetition so it's really a really nice thing to see mm-hmm. is someone just being able to hold up not having that much dialogue yeah. that isn't like how can I help you what are you doing here <laughs> who said you can talk to me <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, I will say if anyone's unfamiliar uh, go watch the Adjustment Bureau, where she can really show her chops. I think it's a terrific, underrated film with Matt Damon. That um, is the one. There's this Adjustment Bureau that keeps your life on track according to the path that yeah. you're supposed to be and, on, and the, uh, yeah. the angels. As yes, and it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of themes of fate and 
do you have free will or choice? You know. Right, but, yeah. but yeah, she she just knocks it out in that movie. I, I and, didn't realize. And if you don't fall her. in love with her in that, yeah, oh, something wrong with you, buddy. I, saying, I, <laughs> I did not realize that was her. It's been a while since I watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she, you know, she's been in tons of things. And oh yeah, but, yeah. To your point, yeah, she didn't have a lot, like you said, of original dialogue, but still, I think would made it important for her to be there. I didn't feel like it could have just been anyone. No, you know, yeah, yeah. Insert actress here. Like, I don't feel like that. Yeah, no, it was def- definitely a good choice and very well acted by Miss Blunt. Yes, <laughs> to be blunt. <laughs> Ooh, I see what you did. There. <laughs> uh, I did want to bring up one little other issue I had. Uh-huh. The, as I'm calling it, the multiverse problem. Okay. So, every time he dies, it's not like the universe just ends. That universe keeps on going and with a dead... Tom Cruise, right? Like, as I understand it, like, she kills him, so there are all of these universes where he has died, and they have failed, it, and the mimics win. It <laughs> depends on what role they go with, because they didn't specify. Because you're saying, like, when she shoots him, that world just disappears? Like The, the idea is the day, the actual day, time and space, yeah. goes back to exactly where it was when he woke up, which means mm-hmm. that everything that happened didn't happen. It, it's as if it's as if it was a dream, and I couldn't reconcile myself with yeah. that. I had I had to assume there are these other universes carrying on, and I know. wonder as well. Something that has the ability to go back in time is that going to be localized? Because if not, that is the single most powerful being in the entire universe, and <laughs> there's no way it would ever die, especially since there can't just be one. Like, there's one on this planet. There's no way that mm-hmm. the thing that is controlling the ability of these mimics to go back in time and win again, there is no way in hell you would put mm-hmm. that on the planet. Well, what is, they, what is the constraints of this power? Is it, you know, how long uh, can you go back in time? Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I like to, I kind of like to think it's almost bittersweet in that this is happening on this planet. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, because it, the day it, is a construct and it created will, by us. Yeah. A day is not existent. There's just time. <laughs> so, so at least, at least on this planet, time is going backwards. But I like the idea of there being a spaceship somewhere in the galaxy, just waiting for the signal that mm-hmm. it's fine. So, and when they realize the day is a resetting, oh, let's send another one. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just do this again. Yes, yeah, so I think this is where we get into the area of reading too much. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I really want to read the manga that this yes, is based yes, yeah. on, just so I can see maybe if they cover some of this, mm-hmm. or if they give a reason for the apparent only source of the power to be on the planet. Because mm-hmm. they do state that And are... then we come to my point of all-time travel films, is that you cannot <laughs> co- completely explain what the hell's happening. Because <laughs> yeah. you just have to have kind of a short-term... Very concise explanation, and okay, don't think about it any harder than that. <laughs> this is what's happening. Don't think about it any harder. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> the day's resetting. Okay, the day's yeah. resetting. That's what we're saying. In the yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's one of those things that I think that when it comes to time travel film, those that just want the film to be self-contained and don't want to think about it too much can do that. Like in this one, it is. Oh, they won at the end, and then you can have the people that do enjoy time travel or that enjoy extrapolating from this stuff to go well hang on is that going to be the only race out there because they i think they stated that these people clearly come to worlds and mine resources and then move on so there has to be more out there so why wouldn't more come or things like that so it'll be interesting to see if anything else comes out of it and i i almost want to go into 
like the forums and stuff for this because you know there are going to be some fans that write fiction about what happens afterwards oh, or yeah. what happened in between things <laughs> so, so it'll be kind of cool to see the response to this even though it on the surface it just seemed to be an action film that oh, okay so the day resets carry on like it mm. there doesn't seem to be that much into it but then if you really start focusing on it you can come out with these things that I know you don't really like talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just because there's no, you know, there's no result. There's just... Yeah. There, you're not going to get to a agreement, I think. No, nah, probably not. <laughs> you're going to have... You're going to have people that just don't like time travel, and then you're going to have people <laughs> that are perfectly willing to go with it. Now, I want to bring up the ending of the film. Okay. So, for those of you that really don't want it spoiled just skip ahead a couple of minutes or so so he ends up where the omega actually is and pulls the pin on all of these grenades and it ends up sinking down into the omega blowing it up killing all the mimics and then you see what i can only assume to be the dna or something of the omega wrapping around him and then resetting back to when he was on the helicopter going to see the general at the beginning of the film. I have two problems with this. Okay. <laughs> Number one, what actually caused the going back in time? Because based on everything we've seen, the Omega is what s- starts and mm-hmm. detonates the process. But the Omega is dead. So how did he do it? <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know what kicked the jump back it, why didn't we just keep going on in that timeline yeah, right. what, 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 what deviated that timeline off that was the thing why wasn't it in the uh, back to the future chalkboard of things yeah, exactly. why didn't that create a new chalk line yeah, what, <laughs> or why, what, why, yeah, why, why wasn't it yeah. just uh, they're dead but then you got to see the news of now all the memories are yeah, dead yeah. Uh, like, well I think it has to do with that th- that DNA thing you, you said you know something I mean, yeah, part of that transferred onto him or something where I guess I mean, it, it was still going to reset. Maybe director's commentary, please yeah. explain this to us. <laughs> yeah, it, it was something that I I could kind of tell what they were doing the second it started to go around. It was like, okay, it's going to mm-hmm. reset one more time. But then mm-hmm. I thought about it. I was like, why is why it resetting? It? Yeah. Like, there, there's nothing in this world that you set up that states that something else can use the Omega's power mm-hmm. other than the Omega, because he is just a conduit for the power when it goes off rather yeah. than he is using now, it now did I so. miss an alpha being killed real close by and like again like on the beach because at the end they're like oh don't kill the alpha don't kill the alpha I mean, te- you know you can't kill that one because I mean, then we're just gonna reset the day and... but technically they all died because mm-hmm. the Omega did yeah. like, they all shriveled and died mm-hmm. so that would say that the Omega power is no more because everything's dead so the Omega's power so, is no so, more so, so the it, Omega never had any power or maybe something along those lines yeah and it and, I don't know, but it, it could be something where they could do a sequel and go into it. They're not going to, but... You know. the, the Edge of Yesterday. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> yeah, The Edge of Yesterday. I like that. That's a good, that's a good one. I like it. Um, and the second thing that I have a problem with, again, going along the lines of him jumping back, why did he jump back to there? To that point, not like... And not waking up on the tarmac. Yeah, because it's not as if it was that important. The only Mm -hmm. thing is that he's now reinstated back to the rank Mm -hmm. he was at. 
So, well, so unless the idea is back to the status quo. I, I guess, I mean, I, I think all bets are off because that day ended differently than the others. So true, there are no true roles of where he has to wake up. I guess. It's another one of those... Come into consciousness? I don't know. It seems another one of those... The film seemed to be working just fine with the rules set in place. And then at the end, it's like, we need a happy ending. Screw it. I'm <laughs> sure... I, I think there is more than likely a rational explanation that's probably just escaping us right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the <laughs> only thing I can think of is that... Technically, it seemed to reset to the beginning of that day. I think it wasn't the day that they went to the beach. Maybe. I think what happened was that last thing that happened happened the night that he ended up on the base, rather than the next day. So maybe that has something to do with it, but even so, even if it was you have a set amount of time to jump back, he still jumped back to the day before he goes to the beach, Mm -hmm. so... All that happens is he jumped back, I would say, three or four hours earlier this yeah. time. It's, uh, I, I guess I just can't wrap my head it, around I mean, it. <laughs> do they actually show him getting the blood transfusion? Yes. They actually show the blood? Because I'm saying maybe that was a loophole. Maybe he didn't actually get the blood transfusion and he thought he did. And therefore, he still maintains the power. Well, but, no, no, they, but they do show the transfusion the, happening. The, the stuff within his yeah. arm, and then you saw it was almost empty. Yeah. Kind of thing. So okay, he, yeah. So that's so, theory uh, shot. But. Uh, I mean, technically, he didn't finish the blood transfusion. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. there's still a remnant of the DNA in there. Yeah, let, let him go a little further. I yeah. don't know. So, what do you. For some people, like uh, a couple friends of mine there that hate ambiguous. Endings. I mean, I mean, not so much in the part as they won the war. But now, what will happen? What will happen? Because um, you know, it it ends with the scene where he sees Emily uh, Rita. You know, doing yeah. her little doing the exact mobility same thing. exercise. You yeah. know, doing the very uh, doing the entrapment sexy move under. You know, where <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones did under the wire. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. And then they just kind of look at each other, and he just kind of smiles. So, what's going to happen? You know, what what's next? Right. Well, there are two things that could possibly happen at this point. Number one, he doesn't tell her everything that just happened. Uh-huh. And he just goes on happy in the knowledge that she's still mm-hmm. alive and that the mimics mm-hmm. are dead. Number two, he tells her exactly what happened mm-hmm. and hopes that they get to the same point again without the the close combat fighting and getting through a situation which clearly seemed to be the catalyst for her opening up. Yeah, because there's no... yeah. The way she is before, she wouldn't open up to this guy. And and if you're thinking any kind of love story, that wouldn't be there without them going through this experience together. Exactly. The only possible thing is that because he knows her middle name, Mm -hmm. she would be more likely... To get to that point, but, but even the, so, but you also, um, I mean, there are also other routes around this, like in Groundhog Day, where Rita comes. Oh, you've done all this for me. Oh, you, you took the time to learn my favorite ice cream, and you know all this stuff. So that shows you do care. Or, or uh, another film, first Fifty uh, First Dates. You know, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Is that where she, you know, her memory resets every day? So essentially, the same yeah, thing. She, yeah, where she he gets has no to convince days. himself that oh, this is. I'm your husband. This is your daughter. This yeah. is the tape. We love each other. You know, so you 
there is that route, I guess, where you can give me the benefit of the doubt. You do actually like me. <laughs> True, but... Your middle name's Rose. You know, you, you used to drink coffee with your father, blah, blah, blah. I, and that's why you love coffee so much. I would say there is a slight difference between... Rita in Groundhog Day mm-hmm. and this Drew Barrymore in Fifty First Dates and Rita Vratansky. Yeah, as in she she is known as the Full Metal Bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is <laughs> not, not that type of nickname. person. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, you send her flowers, she's gonna cram them down your throat. <laughs> yeah, probably. I I think I think the best that can happen is that he just goes on happy that she's still alive yeah. and, and maybe gets her under his command or uh-huh. something. That's some other we're point. using. <laughs> Get it under my yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I I can't see it. Short of a follow up where you see five years down the line he's broken her finally, mm-hmm. and they actually end up in a relationship. I can't see anything overly happy. Yeah, and going and yeah, and for all those people this wasn't meant to be a romance so just back off yeah. <laughs> it's an action film it doesn't always I feel like movies like oh we have to have the love interest we have to have the well, happy ending unfortunately it, there needs to be drama with the love interest and there mm-hmm. has to be some sort of reconciliation which I thought you know going back to the film we've covered Pacific Rim touched on it perfectly it doesn't end with them like making out in the ocean they just no. hug each other They're yeah. Like, yeah it's just we're, yeah, we we got we're, through it. Either way, we're friends for life, or you know, we we yeah, whatever it is. There's no implied. Well, they're definitely going to get married someday and have yeah, lots yeah. of babies. Yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. just we're alive and we're through it. So. Yeah, and I think that yeah that touched on it perfectly. Well, no more was needed. <laughs> well, yeah. now that you say that. Were you aware that there is going to be a Pacific Rim 2 I in figured. 16 or 17? Like, like, oh, I figured. Yeah. And there. looking forward to that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, do we have anything else to add on this before we get to uh, I rating? don't believe I do. Just double checking. Uh, nope. Yep. Covered everything I was going to cover. <laughs> 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 what about you? Ah, uh, yep. That takes care of it for me. Alright. So, who wants to do their rating first? Um, I guess I'll go right ahead. Alright. Um... I don't want to qualify this. I'm sure you understand for obvious reasons as a time travel movie because it's yeah. not really not really a time travel movie. Uh, t- time is resetting. I would say that the yeah. same way <laughs> as you could call Groundhog Day a time travel movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's not knowingly using a device to go back in time, unless you want to call that bullet to the head a device. I mean, I guess you could. Uh, it's but, the catalyst. Yes, it's exactly. Not, but it's he's not, not hopping in an HG Wells time machine, you know, and messing with the dials, or he's not getting in a DeLorean. You know, yeah, it's not even up to him. Yeah, or he's not drop, jumping through some weird little cage in Looper. You know, that has a weird door on it. And <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're not going to show you what happens in here, but <laughs> trust me, it works. Yes, <laughs> fuck you, Looper. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> a good movie, but the time travel was bullshit. All right, all right. <laughs> but anyway, so not a time travel movie. I'm going with it from that aspect. Uh, just a straightforward action film with a some wonderful twists to it that I'm not used to seeing directed by my favorite action director right now right. I'm coming in at a solid minus point one no 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 minus point three minus point three bloody hell yeah <laughs> okay wow yeah. I, I absolutely honestly didn't love think this it would be that high yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. okay wow yeah my, I misspoke on minus point one but minus point three okay. probably falling to a minus point five through time Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Wow. Because I'm still very much in love with this film. So, emotions in it. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> love this film. I, I think one of the few times that you're going to give a rating higher, higher than, than me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, me not being the biggest Tom Cruise fan, he, he was not a draw for me in this, and I felt that he did alright, but you could have got a fair number of other people mm-hmm. in to do his roles, so that I wasn't too fond of the smirkiness he got as he got more and more knowledgeable as no. he went on. He's going to get a bit too smug. But again, that's me. Um, the action wasn't bad, but it seemed to focus more on the budding friendship romance stuff between the two characters rather than the action, especially as the film went on. They seemed to get less and less action-y until the big finale at the end. So I I could have done with less of that, just because I, I, I myself much rather prefer to see the action film and then delving more into the pseudoscience that they came out with for it. But again, that's me. And I thought it was a good film. Don't get me wrong. It was de- definitely a good film, but I didn't, I didn't come away from it with too much invested in it. And I can honestly say I'd be perfectly fine not seeing it again. I mean, maybe if it comes on Netflix yeah. and me and Jamie will sit down and mm-hmm. watch it. So I'm going to go for, and this is it's going to sound higher than I'm making it sound because uh, this is all, <laughs> yeah, this okay. is all Hang preference. Hang on, I'm going to write it down real quick. Don't, <laughs> all right, don't say it yet, Mark. Okay, this is all preference. I can say within the okay. film itself, short of uh, Tom Cruise being in it, I, yeah. whatever, like, I, can't, I don't have much to knock mm-hmm. the film. I'm going to go with a minus two. Oh, I've written a minus 2.5. Yeah, I would say, uh, personally, minus 2.5 or minus three. But uh-huh. the film itself, again, can't knock it too much uh, yeah. other than the real just, I guess, Hail Mary at the end. Where it's like, we're just going to give you the happy ending you want. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they... For the most part, they stayed within the universe that they created and the rules, and they they didn't deviate too much from the actual action when he started to realize he couldn't change anything, which I liked. I liked that he, very quickly he realized he couldn't change it and then just gave up on that entirely. It's like, yeah. I'm going to see how far I can get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, def- a minus two for... I would say for those people that like action films and stuff, and obviously you would say much higher. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think it'd ever fall below like a minus one for me. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm admittedly still, you know, in the romantic romance stage with this right. film, you know, in the honeymoon phase, whatever yeah. it is, you know. <laughs> and uh, I really appreciated that this was kind of the like you. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise guy. I like him in certain roles, right? Um, but as of late, I've really just he's been kind of there in action <laughs> movies. I, I don't think I've really enjoyed him in an action film since Minority Report. Um, okay. Where I thought he was perfect for that. Uh, but uh, well, like, well, I could... Oblivion. Blech, and I, I was going to say, yeah. me, me and Jamie watched Oblivion a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it, I, I kind of felt that he... 
he wasn't too dissimilar from that, at least to begin with. Like yeah. his character but, was very. But it was to nice to like for me. Like every time you see a Tom Cruise action film, he's Mr. Cocky, Mr. Know It All, <laughs> grins and dimples, and it was nice to see him be just a complete pussy <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of this film, that, and just you know had saying, to learn how to fight and not I, just know it. I kind of wish that he still had that at the end, like mm-hmm. not. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. so much that will be taken away when he becomes more competent, but I still wish there was some of that somehow in yeah. there at the end so that he wasn't just, oh, I know everything now. <laughs> yeah. But, right. fair enough. I uh, think that's going to do it for us. I think so. So, I've been Paul. And I've been Brian. Yeah. Lovely Wayne's World 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris Farley. <laughs>